Back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again. To the 35. Cuts back at the 30. To the 20. The 15. The 10. He dies. Touchdown 49ers. 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast. I'm Al Sacco. No Zane today. We have a big show for you nonetheless. So much to cover, including Trey Lance mania. It's all anyone's talking about. And I'll tell you what it all means for the rest of the summer and heading into the season. Also, is there a surprise third wide receiver maybe stepping up at 49ers camp? And just how important was Alex, Alex Mack's addition to the O? Plus, as good as San Francisco can be, and I, I think it's going to be a fun season, I really, really do. Is there one position group that can kind of derail things or maybe cause problems for them? There's one I want to touch on that I'm a little bit worried about. But before I do that, I cannot wait to talk all things 49ers training camp with our guest today. He's one of the most trusted voices when it comes to 49ers football, and he's here to talk to us about all aspects of training camp. He is Matt Barrows. Matt, welcome back to the show, buddy. Oh, thanks for having me on. Always good to have you. You're always one of my favorite guests. And where else can we start here? Let's start with what's on everyone's mind right now. I guess I'll call it a QB situation. We won't call it a competition. We'll say it's a situation. What have been your your assessments of both Garoppolo and Lance so far? I'll start with Garoppolo. Um, he's looked like Jimmy Garoppolo, um, which is, um, you know, he's been efficient. He's good at the short stuff. He's got the quick release. He had a re- really nice uh, pass today to toward to George Kittle, um, deep in the red zone where he rolled right, uh, flipped the ball to Kittle on the run. So, you know, Kittle could continue his momentum and it took him right into the end zone. That That's what he's good at, uh, sort of short intermediate stuff. And, um, he's also, you know, throws the, uh, the, Oh, what are you doing pass every now and then? And there, <laughs> there was a really good example of that. Um, gosh, I forget what day it was. Maybe it was the, uh, the third day of training camp where, he was surveying the field. He 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 looked downfield. He hesitated, and then he decided, "Okay, I better go for this. This guy's wide open." It was uh, I think it was Debo Samuel, who was w- well down the field. And I knew, and everyone standing around me knew that he just did not have the arm to to get it down there. And uh, I think he probably knew it too. And um, to no one's surprise, it sort of uh, fluttered in the air and, and was well short. And uh, Jason Barrett picked it off for a very easy interception. So that brings me to Lance. Lance does almost the same thing on a, on a throw to Debo Samuel, uh, but he's got enough of a hose to, to get it all the way downfield. It wasn't a great ball, the one that I'm thinking of. It should have actually been picked off by, by Jared Maiden, but it was close mm-hmm. enough where Maiden mistimed his leap and, and Samuel caught it and, and ran in for uh, a touchdown, and and that's that's a, uh, a significant difference between those two guys. Now, one is that Garoppolo doesn't always, you know, pull the trigger on that. He'd rather not, uh, and and everyone and their brother has noticed that he doesn't throw deep and he doesn't like to throw outside the numbers deep. Certainly, um, Lance has no qualms about doing that. He's got no reservations. He he drives the ball deep. Uh, goes down the sideline quite a bit. That's really been the most surprising. I, I was about to say astonishing, and, and I, I think that's that's a, a good word. That he's a rookie. You know, we, we know the track record of, of how little he played in college, but he's come into training camp with a boldness that sort of 
defies that uh, that very scant uh, college background that he has. He has not. I wrote this uh, the other day. He, he hasn't uh, acted like a uh, you know a, a lost baby deer in the woods. He's been really aggressive, and you know his offensive uh, play caller happens to be the head coach. Uh, is the same way. So I've got to think that this this beginning to training camp has pleased Kyle Shanahan to no end because he sees that aggression. Um, you know, and, and I've just been talking about throwing the ball. We haven't even started to talk about running the ball um, in in Lance that I think marries very well with 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 what Shanahan wants to do. So I always thought what happened at QB had more to do with with Lance than Garoppolo in the sense that when Lance was ready or Shanahan felt that way, that was when he would make the move to Lance whenever, whenever that would be. And I, I saw something you wrote recently where you, where you said kind of, you know, the notion of him taking over sooner than later doesn't seem that crazy anymore. And it's more realistic now. I know it's early. I know they haven't even played a preseason game yet, but if Lance continues to impress like this, where do you see this headed in terms of who's starting in week one? Well, I mean, I've got two um, opinions on that. I, I, I don't think the 49ers lose much. I don't think Kyle Shanahan loses much with going with Garoppolo as the starter um, in week one. And, and then if he falters, going with Lance. I mean, it just seems like a, a very um, rational way to approach it. We'll, we'll give Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy who took us to the Super Bowl, a chance to, to shine. And, and we've got somebody that we believe in, in, in case he doesn't. The issue would be uh, if it conti- if training camp continues this way, and if the preseason, um, you know, looks like training camp, it- it's going to be hard to convince any player on that team that Jimmy Garoppolo is the better choice over Trey Lance. Trey Lance just gives you so much more: the arm, the running, the stature. Um, there's a confidence there. Like I, I keep saying, boldness. Um, that, that's what, what strikes me about him. He's not scared to, to attempt any pass sideline over the middle. Um, you know, maybe it starts to bite him at some point. And, and that's why I think, you know, no one's in any hurry, you know, what, what, what is this August four that we're talking, um, to make this change because there's all sorts of time before the start of the season. There's all sorts of time for Garoppolo to get hot, for Lance to start making some rookie mm-hmm. mistakes. And, and there have been some throws that, that I, I mentioned that Jared Maiden uh, play. Um, there have been others that should have been picked off. And, and I think that was a theme of his in college. He went through that 2019 season without throwing an interception. You know, after after watching every one of his throws that year, uh, multiple times, there were some that, that should have been picked off. He throws a heavy ball, um, not the greatest competition all the time. So there were a lot of drops, I'd say five or six drops by defenders that season that that could have been picks you know uh, otherwise it was a pretty special year and and that's you know what what you saw in going over North Dakota State uh tape in in 2019 is what we're seeing in in camp it's it's running the ball one play it's driving the ball over the middle it's going deep down the seam it's going deep down the sideline he's made every throw that that he can make at this point and um, really looks like, I mean, at, at bare minimum, Al, the, the takeaway is that the 49ers have to think that they made a very, very good pick with that number three selection. 
Yeah, and it's good to be excited. This again about the QB position. I was talking about the quarterbacks that the Niners have had the last eighteen years, and you've seen them up close. And uh, there's been some there's been some rough days back there. <laughs> so it's it's good to have some excitement again for sure. And so shifting gears, the wide receiver position. It other than Ayuk and Debo, it look look thin to me. And I was a little bit worried going into camp, but. There's been some buzz around a rejuvenated Muhammad Sanu and, and Trent Sherfield has looked pretty good, it seems like. Do you think they can get enough production behind Ayuk and Debo with that group? Yeah, I mean, as long as Ayuk and, and Samuel stay healthy. I just don't know whether any of those guys has real juice to, you know, put uh, defensive backs on their heels or cause any concerns. And in fact, you know, I, I know they don't. I mean, it, it's it's those two guys, and then there's a big gap to Mohamed Sanu, and then there's a big gap to everybody else. And um, Trent Sherfield probably is, is number four. And, and that's probably, um, you know, due to his receiving skills. I mean, I, I think he makes the team based on his special teams. And, and anything he shows as a receiver uh, is a bit of a bonus. I, I remember talking to some of the guys in Arizona after uh, the 49ers signed him and, and he's looked good in training camps before, and they've been a little bit uh, perplexed as to why he didn't, uh, he wasn't given more opportunities as, as a receiver. But uh, the, the two guys that I talked to that watched a lot of Cardinals practices over the years thought that um, that was a good pickup for the 49ers that like, like I said, at bare minimum, he's a great gunner plays on all you know all four major special teams units and then has some potential as an outside receiver and usually when you're talking about you know the last couple of guys to make uh the, the receiver group you're you're talking about slot receivers kind of smallish guys he's got some some heft to him um and can can do some of the same things that maybe Samuel and IU can do which is you know catch the ball on the run uh make some some yards after the catch, but also, you know, give uh, defensive backs a hard time trying to tackle him. Uh, so I think that's a, a nice fit there. So that's four guys. Um, and the question is who are five and, and I think Shanahan would love to keep six, uh, who would be six. And I'd say Richie James, Travis Benjamin, they're excited to get Juwan Jennings back. He did not do himself any favors by landing on the COVID list and not mm. really being in the mix right now. And then Hurd, I mean, he's, he's looked good uh, in the on-air, against-air um, reps that I've seen him take. Um, but then today, he sort of took himself off the field and talked to a trainer for a while. And obviously, there was some little hitch that he was dealing with, and then he came back. Um, you know, he still has yet to catch a pass in 11-on-11 situations. And you know, really still has yet to convince anybody that he's going to be healthy for any meaningful stretch of the season. Yeah, that's definitely concerning to hear. Running back is a position that interests me because you have Raheem Mostert in the last year of his deal. And the Niners invested in a couple of backs in the draft in in Sermon and Mitchell. What have you seen from those two rookies so far? How have they looked? They've looked really good. I mean, uh I remember last year they had a couple of undrafted guys in Jermichael Hasty and um uh Savan Ahmed, and, and they look good too. Th- those were smaller guys. These are both guys in, in Sermon and Mitchell who have some size to them. Um, so I, I think that, that that's probably the most surprising thing. Sermon obviously got a lot of attention before the draft and 
you knew who he was. Mitchell was a little bit more of a mystery, and uh, you know, you see that the highlights, and you you read about how fast he is, and you think, okay, he's going to be another, maybe he's two hundred pounds or so. He he's bigger than that. Um, I don't know exactly what he is. I I would guess he's around two ten, two twelve, and he moves well. And both of these guys have been good targets in the passing game. Trace Thurman today had a had a really nice move in, in one-on-one drills versus uh, was either a linebacker or safety, but just a little kind of um, uh, step that you didn't know he had, and I, I think that bodes really well. Um, I thought Kyle Uchek's review of him was um, terrific, which is he doesn't say a lot. He's got sort of a quiet confidence, doesn't chirp, uh, just goes about his business. And, and I think that for when you have an old-school uh, position coach like Bobby Turner, when you're a rookie like that and you come in and you take notes and you learn quickly and you you don't mouth off and practice this, that, and the other, um, I think that, uh, that that gives you a lot of, of clout with the position coach. And, and you saw that beginning in OTAs when, when both Wilson and Mostert were down. Turner didn't really hesitate. He, he put in Sermon and Sermon was the top guy during OTAs, and uh, he's kind of continued that. He's behind Mostert, but uh, boy, uh, at the end of a game or at the end of a, a season, if, if both Mostert and Sermon are healthy, I would bet that that Sermon gets more more carry just because they're very mm-hmm. conscious of keeping Mostert healthy and fresh, and um, he's he's so dangerous when uh, he's got that sort of backfield partner who loosens up defenses and then he just is able to take advantage. So I think it would be close in that scenario, but I give the, uh, at least the carries or the snaps edge to, to sermon. And I know it's early, but what are your impressions of the new defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryan so far? Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to play a lot more press coverage. I think they're going to be more aggressive with blitzes. Uh, I think that Ryan's loves, um, to have, uh, Jimmy Ward back there, sort of being the uh, the outfielder, the, the quarterback of the defense, and, and I think he's been really pleasantly surprised with Tavon Wilson, uh, who's kind of stepped in for Jaquaski Tart while Tart's mm. been out with COVID. And I think even when Tart comes back, I, I don't know whether his toe is going to be an issue or not. So I would put my money on on Wilson being the the week one starter at this point, unless he gets injured. Oh wow! Uh, but he's been you know, just a just you know, he's a ten year veteran, uh, and he plays like it. Uh he's just a smart guy. He's not gonna get fooled, he's always in the right spot. And um he's uh, that, that that's sort of an un- underappreciated storyline, I think, is, is just how well he's worked with Ward right off the bat. They they seem to have a really good communication. You know, they do the thing where one guy's the free safety one play, one guy is the is the free safety the next uh, to sort of fool the offense? So I think that's a really good rapport there. Um, it's kind of Tart insurance. Let's say that Tart comes back. I think he's more athletically gifted. I, I know he is um, than, than Wilson is, and, and he'd probably start some games too. But, you know, Tart's been injured in each of the last four seasons. Mm-hmm. Another guy you really can't rely on to play 17 games. Uh, so I, I think. Um, uh, to answer your questions, I think Ryan's is really um, liking the fact that he's got another veteran guy that he can he can sort of depend on, and and Tony Jefferson is probably going to 
end up being in the same category. Um, you know, he started a little bit behind the eight ball because he was, uh, I think he was signed after OTAs, so didn't play last season. So he's got some catch up to do, but you know, just that he's the same type of guy. Um, not going to get fooled, has seen everything a million times and, uh, would be uh, a really good, um, backfield mate, defensive backfield mate with, uh, with Jimmy Ward. So I mentioned I was kind of worried about the receivers. I'm really worried about the cornerbacks. Um, and it's just more the depth for me. So I look at a guy like Ambry Thomas as a rookie, and I think his development is just so important. He didn't play last season. He sat out the year. How has he looked so far? And Do you think he's ready to play a role on the team this year? I don't think he's ready right now, but I, I think the 49ers are optimistic that he will be. I mean, he played, I just described uh, the, the, the press coverage that they're going to use. That, that's what he did. Um, at Michigan and, and, and did it well. And he's got good length that, you know, that means that he's a nice sort of counterpart to Jason Barrett. I think if, if he goes in there, you know, I, I, I watched the uh, position coach, Corey Unlin and Unlin always seems to be working with the Amador uh, Lenore on his technique. And he's looked good at times too, but I just think that he probably needs a little bit more polish than, than Ambry Thomas does. And the fact that, you know, Thomas is, you know, playing a lot with uh, the second team defense and he's not getting that kind of close um, coaching tells me that, uh, you know, the, there there isn't a lot to work with technique wise that he's doing well in that regard. Um, I just think, you know, they, they, they're not ready to anoint any rookies, <laughs> including Trey Lance is uh, impressive <laughs> as he's been. I mean, they're very hesitant to heap too much praise on him and uh, i think that's the theme for all of these uh first year guys so um you know uh i i would think that if uh, unless uh emmanuel mosley comes back and um you know is ramped up to full speed immediately i think pretty soon we'll start seeing ambry thomas get some first team reps with that group so five of the last six seasons for this team have been 10 lost years and, and three out of the last four for Shanahan and, and this Lynch regime. Obviously, last year was because of injuries, so you're hoping this year they can hit the ground running again. The window, I guess, is kind of reopened with some different players and Trey Lance and everything like that, and you hope this team can be successful for the next five years or so. But for 2021, what do you think is a successful season for this team? Oh, I, I mean, I, I think that uh, they've got to make the playoffs. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any two ways about it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think that, you know, looking at rosters, they've, they've got one of the best ones in the league, and, and, and now they don't have the, um, I don't want to say excuse, because it's, it was legitimate. You know, once you lose your starter, uh, your, your season, their season at least, has been a goner. Uh, because the drop off between Garoppolo and the next guys was was so steep. Now that that drop off, whoever's one or two, uh, Lance or Sherman uh, or or Garoppolo, um, it, it, you know, you, you've got two guys, so you you don't really have that um, that that cliff fall that you've had in, in recent seasons. Now, if it's a barrage of injuries, uh, if the whole old line goes down, or if, if if Samuel and Ayuk miss uh, a number of games together, and they, they, those those guys both miss miss three uh, of the same games, the Forty the, the ers had three games last year without either Ayuk or Samuel. So it's it's absolutely possible. Um, you know they'll be hard pressed to win some of these games, but boy, from top to bottom, 
you know, those two guys, Kittle, Juszczyk, the running backs, you've got, I mean, the, the 49ers tackles as much grief as Mike, uh, Mike McGlinchey gets. I mean, the, the 49ers two tackles are probably two of the better ones in the league when you look at pairings. Um, the interior of the defensive line, Fred Warner, uh, Jason Brett, Jimmy Ward. I mean, this is, this is a loaded roster. This, this should be a roster that goes into the playoffs um, and, uh, you know, uh, challenges for a Super Bowl. Now, I, I realize that uh, you'd be a lot more confident if they were in any other division than the NFC West just because uh, there's so many good teams. But, um, boy, that, that's, that's my, uh, my sense of it. Is anything short of a, a playoff berth this year uh, is a stumble. Matt, this is great. Thank you, as always. Looking forward to the season and looking forward to reading what you're going to bring to us about the 49ers. All right. Thanks, Al. Anytime. All right. So as we move on here with the show, <laughs> there is no place else to start other than Trey Lance. This is so exciting right now to be a 49ers fan, to have this player, to have this quarterback with this talent, with this mind. And listen, be excited. <laughs> 49ers fans have every right to be thrilled, absolutely thrilled right now with the prospects of this player. Look, we've been through it, man. Not everybody who's listening to the show, there's a lot of younger fans who, who didn't grow up and see Montana, who didn't grow up and see Young. I mean, Jeff Garcia was there in what, 2003? It's been a solid 18 years or so. Some of these younger fans have, have not seen good quarterback play with this franchise, and we've been through it. Retay, Pickett, Dorsey, Sean Hill, Troy Smith, JT O'Sullivan, Chris Winkie started a game for the 49ers. Pre-2011, Alex Smith was, was, was rough. Then you had Colin Kaepernick who came in and excited people, and then there was a quick regression. You have Blaine Gabbert, Brian Hoyer, CJ Mullins, and, and now we've dealt with Jimmy's injuries the past couple of years. We, we, we've been through it, man. We've absolutely been through it. And now it's just to have this quarterback in here and, and, and the hype train has been just absolutely nuts with Trey Lance since the second he got on the field. And we had, you know, listen, I had said from the beginning that I think when he's ready, Kyle's going to put him in and I thought he was going to push Jimmy early. But now you're starting to hear that, you know, the, the Matt Mayokas of the world, Matt, Matt Barrows, all these guys who cover the team are starting to say like, you know what? <laughs> he's, looking, he's looking pretty good. Matt Mayoko said that there's no doubt he's, the best QB on the field right now. No doubt. That's, if Matt is saying things like that, you, you, you definitely know there's something to it. DJ Jones called him special. Mike McDaniel said he's getting to the point where he can tell other players what to do already. I mean, that is beyond, beyond impressive. And look, the thing with me for Lance, even for all his physical traits, even with all he can do on the field, what excited me, and I, I said this when they drafted him, I said it on the show, it's his mind. He was in college calling his own line plays. He, he is dedicated. He is a student of the game. Peter King said in his Monday morning column, someone told him that you know the 49ers players will get iPads with the playbook or whatever else on it. No one had logged more hours than, than Trey Lance. And it's showing. It's translating on the field. He's coming out and he's prepared. He looks prepared. He knows the plays. He knows where to go with the football. It's, it's been crazy to watch this development so quickly. And it's everywhere. 
the excitement is everywhere. 49ers social media, the throw that he made, the bomb to Sherfield, has a million views in like a day. That's crazy excitement. It's so cool to see. So cool to see a player like that on your team. So what happens now? This is only training camp, right? Well, the next test to me is an actual game, right? Let's see how he does in the preseason games. Because look, as, as fun as everything is right now and as great as he looks, if he's shaky in that first preseason game, all of a sudden some cold water gets, gets poured on this. And that's not to say that he won't eventually take over or anything like that. But if he's shaky in the preseason games, then all of a sudden you have to say, whoa, okay, let's pump the brakes. Let's bring it along a little bit slowly. Let's stay with Jimmy. Have to see what he does there. But if he comes out and he plays well in the preseason games, if he's hitting some long passes, if he's making some runs, if he looks crisp, if he looks sharp, I don't care if it's against twos. I don't care if it's against threes. If he looks like a stud out there, if he looks like the best player on the field, this hype train is just going to keep going and going and going and going. And think about it. Think about what Kyle Shanahan can do with a quarterback like this. I know they were running option plays in camp with, with Lance and Debo. Can you imagine what, what he's going to come up with, with Debo in the backfield and Lance in the backfield and Mostert's back there in the motion and the different kind of runs? It's going to be a nightmare for the league, an absolute nightmare. Trey Lance, he's got the arm, he's got the legs, he's got the mind, he has the complete package. And you put that with somebody like Kyle Shanahan, who's going to help him through the growing pains, right? Who's going to scheme throws for him, easy throws. He's going to make plays to get him open in space if, he, if he's going to run the ball. And with that running threat, that's going to open up the passing game so much. Just seeing that 11 on 11 football. And, and Kyle, Kyle's done it before. He did it with RG3. Cannot wait to see what he has for him. So what's the future here? Where's this all going? Keeps going this way. I don't, to me, again, I've been saying it. Guys, I'm not saying anything different than what I've been saying. If, if I think when Lance is ready, he's the starter. I don't think it matters at all what Jimmy does. Not at all. Jimmy can be playing the best football of his career. I don't think it matters if Lance is ready because Lance is the future. They traded multiple ones for Lance. Lance is the franchise, franchise guy. If he's ready, why, why would you not put him on the field? Why, why would you say, well, he's ready, but you know we got Jimmy, so we'll just go with Jimmy for a year, even though he's not going to be here. That doesn't make any sense to me. It makes absolutely zero sense. If Lance is ready, you play him. It, it's just that simple. If he can give you as much as Jimmy, you play him. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't make sense any other way. And look, in terms of Jimmy, I, I don't dislike Jimmy. Jimmy came here in 2017, and he, he brought a lot of excitement back to the franchise. He had a solid season in 2019, and he helped get them to the Super Bowl. He was a part of that team. Regardless of how he played in the playoffs, he, he, had, a, he had a good regular season for his first full regular season, and he helped that team get to the playoffs. Everybody on that team played a part in that Super Bowl run, and I'm thankful for Jimmy for that, but the bottom line is he hasn't stayed healthy. At his best, you know, Jimmy's... I don't think Jimmy's ever really going to be a top 10 QB at his best. He's, you know, a middle tier guy. He's a starter in the league. It's not like a situation where I think Jimmy's going to go and he's going to end up, you know, being a backup in Houston or something. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Jimmy's a starter in the league. I, th I think if and when he leaves the 49ers, I think he'll be starting on an NFL team, whether it's Washington or the Texans or, or, or wherever it is. I, I think, I think he will still be a starter. It's, it's just, it's not going to be on the 49ers. And, say what you want you know if you're a jimmy fan i'm sorry it's just guys it's the reality of the situation kyle tried to replace him all off season 
We've been through that. And now the guy he brought in is tearing it up. It's just going to happen sooner than later. It, it, it just is. And, and for Jimmy, you know, some people have asked me, <laughs> you know, can, can he get traded to the Colts? I don't see that happening because once might even be back in week one. And even if he misses four or five weeks, the Colts aren't going to pay $25 million for, for a quarterback to play four or five weeks. Washington is, is a possibility, I guess, if, if Fitzpatrick really doesn't look good or if there's issues there. Um, you know, who knows if Deshaun Watson ends up getting moved. May, maybe Houston is a spot. I don't know. I don't know. In a perfect world to me, I don't know if this is going to happen, but in a perfect world to me, Lance, Lance is ready and he starts and you keep Jimmy as, as insurance. I don't know if they're going to want to keep a $25 million player as insurance. I don't know if, if they're going to ask him to take a pay cut. I don't know how Garoppolo would approach that, but I'd love to have him as the backup. I really would. But the Niners have prepared to, for life without Jimmy. That's the reason they signed Nate Sudfeld. It didn't make any sense to sign Sudfeld, right? You got Josh, Ro- Josh Rosen in there as a third string type QB. I think that's sort of Jimmy insurance. If they have to move on from Jimmy, they have two other guys that, not, not that they're going to set the world on fire, but are, I guess, backups in the league that they can turn to um, if, if disaster strikes. I don't, I don't think it, <laughs> anything good's going to happen if you've got to turn to those guys, but I, I think it, it was Garoppolo insurance in that regard. So, you know, you know we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, I will just wish Jimmy the best wherever he goes. I got nothing, nothing against the guy. Just I keep saying it's the reality of the situation. And Jimmy is what he is. You know, he's a system type QB. He's not somebody who pushes the ball. He's not super mobile at all. I mean, he can get out of the pocket, I guess, a little bit, but he's not going to run around anywhere. Um, you know, he's just, he's not even in the same universe as Lance physically. Not even in the same universe. It's not even fair. Once Lance is up to speed, it's not, it's not even fair. That guy is just on a, on a different level. And it's just, tell you what, man, I named all those quarterbacks. It's just kind of exciting that the Niners have somebody like that who could really be, really be a superstar in the league because it's been a while and we've been through it. So, so just <laughs> moral of the story is enjoy it. We'll see how things progress throughout the rest of the preseason. And we'll see where we are in week one. Either way, the Niners are in pretty good shape. Even if, if Lance does slow down a little bit and, and it ends up where they feel they're better off with Jimmy. I, the Niners are still in good shape. They're still going to have a good QB under center. They still have a really good team. Um, I'm still excited where this team could go. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. A couple other things I wanted to hit on here is first, those wide receivers, and, and we touched on a little bit earlier. And you know, you have Ayuk, you know, you have Debo. You hope both those guys can stay healthy, but we've been saying, oh, where, you know, where's the production going to come from? Who's, who's going to take over for Kendrick Bourne's 35, 40 catches? Well, we've had some things in camp happen and all of a sudden, maybe it looks a little bit better there. You know, when the Niners signed Trent Sherfield, I think a lot of people looked at it as a depth signing or somebody that wasn't going to stick around. I didn't look at it that way. He was a special teams stud in Arizona and actually Cliff Kingsbury called him a special teams ace said he was going to miss him. And, and I thought for that reason alone, he was going to stick around. Thought, you know, your fourth, fifth, sixth receivers, they got to play special teams. And I don't mean punt or kick returns. I mean, you know, they have gunners or whatever in special teams. And he's really good at that. And that's why I thought he was going to stick around. But if you looked at it after they signed him, also Mike Garofolo mentioned when they initially did sign him that the Niners liked his skill set at wide receiver and he'd have a chance to grab a role there. And you're seeing it in camp right now. He, se- he seems to have a good rapport with, with Trey Lance. He seems to be catching some balls. He looks like a guy who really maybe could step up for this team. You know, maybe the Niners saw something in him. He's just on a one-year deal, but I think he's a lock to make the team. I really do. 
And I'm excited about what he could bring as a role player. And also you look at Mohamed Sanu, who all of a sudden looks a little bit rejuvenated. He looks a little bit like the guy maybe from two, three years ago, rather than the the player the Niners had briefly last year, who seemed to still be struggling with an, with an older ankle injury. He wasn't himself. He wasn't the kind of player they hoped he'd be, but, but now maybe he is. So all of a sudden, maybe you have some depth there and you're not going to be counting on, on, on Sherfield and, and Sanu to catch five, seven balls a game. They're, it's just going to be, they're going to be role players. Can they come down with a big third down catch? You know, can they, can they get a couple catches throughout the game just to take some of the pressure off Kittle and Debo and Ayuk? Maybe they can come in and do that. And, and that's exciting. And then obviously I know everybody wants to know about Jalen Hurd. He's on the field. We'll see where he is come week one. That that's where I am with that. I, I know the talents there, but I keep saying it. He hasn't played in two years. We don't know what he is. Anything you get from his, him is a plus. It's just what it is. FYI on uh, Sherfield, he has in his career in 2018 he caught 19 balls for 210 yards. 2019 four for 80. 2025 for 50. So he hasn't been a guy who's been involved in the passing game a ton for Arizona. But like I said, um, with the Niners, maybe he is a guy that's going to have a few more balls this year. Maybe all of a sudden he has 25 catchers or so for San Francisco in addition to what he does in the special teams game. So we'll see how that goes. Another thing with the offense that I think hasn't been spoken about enough, and I thought it was a really underrated signing, is Alex Mack. The center position is so important, Kyle Shanahan's offense. It is so important. And you saw when Shanahan took over this team, one of his big free agent signings early on in his first couple of years there was to get Weston Richburg to get his center. Now, Richburg was a good player when he was on the field, but he had injury issues, obviously. That didn't work out. But Alex Mack, he didn't have his best season last year, but he's looked pretty good in camp so far. And if he's 85% of Alex Mack, it's going to be a big upgrade from what we saw at center last year. And it's really, really, really going to help this team. He, he knows the offense. And he was also a big signing when Shanahan was in Atlanta for that 2016 season when that offense took off and exploded and was the best offense in the league, Alex Mack was right there at the center position. He is a vet. He is a good player. He's going to help Brunskill and Tomlinson on the side of him. If it is indeed Daniel Brunskill start at guard, whoever's at the other guard position, he's going to help that whole line, the whole interior. And the Niners made that a priority this offseason. Drafting Aaron Banks, we'll see how quickly he comes, he comes um, and develops. Getting Mack... Lakin Tomlinson's a rock. He starts every game. He plays 16 games every year, getting the interior better. And then you have McGlinchey who comes in and he's put on 20 pounds or whatever it's been. And then you have Trent Williams, who's a stud, obviously. And all of a sudden, maybe that old line's going to go. Alex Mack was a huge, huge signing for this team. And I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited for this offense. Again, regardless of who the quarterback is, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a big season there for them. Really, it's, it's, really, really exciting. Now, there is one position that I'm worried about, cornerback. Jason Verrett, sure, he had a great year last year, and we've talked about it. He's been too injured for me to count on for 16, 17 games now. I hope that he could stay out there. We'll see. Listen, Emmanuel Mosley hasn't even been on the field yet. He's on the COVID list. That's got to be scary. Even he's going to probably come back, but is he going to be in shape? Could he pull a hammy? Could he just not be up the game speed yet? You don't really worry about Kwan Williams if, if he's healthy. But again, after that, where, where's the depth? Where's the depth there? They just cut Tim Harris. You're counting on basically rookies after that. You're counting on Lenore and Ambry Thomas. And that's a little scary to me. Actually, it's a lot scary to me. 
And Ambry Thomas, listen, so when, when they drafted him, he was somebody I didn't really know much about. So I went to school on him a little bit. And Tony Pauline, uh, who's, a, who's a draft expert, she, he does a really good job. And I, I looked up what he said on Thomas. And he said that off his 2019 film, Thomas was well, actually well on his way to being a top 45 pick in the draft. So he was, if he, if he did not opt out last year, maybe he, got picked, he would have gotten picked a lot higher. So the talent is there. And the skill set is there, but he didn't play last year. So was he going to come in now? Now he's going against the speed of the NFL after taking a year off. Is he going to be okay at the cornerback position? Is he going to take a while to develop? Because they may need him like now. <laughs> you, you know, that's, that's a little bit scary. You don't know what's going to happen back there. So that's one position where, I don't know, I kind of hope somebody gets cut in camp or something and they could bring someone else in to help. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about that. And you may say, well, Al, listen. They're going to have a nasty defensive line, and they are. Excuse me. That's that's going to take that's going to take pressure off of the secondary. That's true. But how many mobile quarterbacks do the Niners face? Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and how many times have we seen the Niners have trouble with those kind of quarterbacks? So if the Niners are playing a mobile quarterback and they're running around and things break down back there, it can get a little bit dicey. You know, the receivers in the NFC West alone are, are DeAndre Hopkins. You have Robert Woods, you have DK Metcalf, you have Tyler Lockett, you have Cooper Cup. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's some studs there, studs. So the Niners are going to have to cover. And if God forbid anything happens to Verrett, oh my God, put him in bubble wrap right now. Oh my God, I can't even imagine if anything happens to him. So that's that's the one part where I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit nervous. Do I think it's going to derail the season? No, I, I I don't think that. But I'd be lying to you if if. If I said I felt good about the cornerbacks right now, that's the one thing I'm really interested to see in the preseason, who steps up, how people look and going into the regular season, man, you got, you got to hope, you got to hope those three top guys can stay healthy. That's, that's a big, big, big thing for this position group is the health, the health and keeping those guys on the field. I'm a little surprised. I get that the Niners, I get the Thomas and Lenore, you want them on the team. You want them to develop. Absolutely. But I think they need one more vet guy, man. I really do. I really, really do. We'll we'll see how they address that. Um, but that's that for me is, is a little bit scary. But look, camp's been exciting so far. The first game is what Saturday the fourteenth, right? So the Hall of Fame game is. I'm recording this on a Wednesday, so this will probably come out on a Thursday. It's probably the day of the Hall of Fame game. Every year with the Hall of Fame game, I'm so excited because it's it's your first, you know, your first sniff of football. And every year, I can't wait. You know, open a beer, I put the TV on. And then I watched like, I don't know, two series. And I'm like, okay, I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> the Hall of Fame game after they even, I mean, Dak's not going to play, I'm sure. But after those first couple of series, when they kind of take the starters out, it's, it's just brutal. And you're just like, all right, I, I got nothing left. But it's still exciting. It's still football. And then I'll be in, listen, preseason to me, I'm a football nerd. So I even watch the preseason games. I really do. I'm, I'm looking for fantasy football and things like that. You know, I want to see. Who's going to be running the ball for the Broncos? You know, is it, is, it, is Melvin Gordon still going to get the bulk of the carries or is the rookie going to get it? What's his name? Williams, maybe? I don't even know what his name is, but whoever they drafted, you know, I'm, I'm all about that. So preseason is fun to me. I'm glad there's only three games this year, but this season can't, can't get here soon enough. It's, it's going to be really, really exciting and watching this progression of this Niners team. And I'm sure we're going to be talking QBs here for, for a while. Um, but again, be excited. It's awesome. This is a good problem to have, right? To have a, a reliable veteran that that a lot of, lot of people I think trust in a rookie that looks like the sky is the limit. 
and can come in and be a superstar. This is a good place to be in. Quarterback's been a tough position for the Niners. They have two good ones right now, and that's an exciting thing. Definitely exciting. So we'll see what happens coming up. Uh, Thanks for listening today, and we will talk to you guys soon.